0: luck, and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Day Show.
1: And greetings. Happy Thursday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show live and on demand here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. Miyamo is Stephen Dace. A little Spanglish for you to start off the day. He is Todd Erzin. That over there is an Aaron McIntyre and you are you. Uh, let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. You and approximately 700 other people can email me today. God bless you all. Steve, It's you know what? I'm learning in this business. It's better than having nobody email you. Fair? Mm-hmm. That, that's, a, that's a binary choice. 700 emails a day or nobody. How do you, Which do you think you prefer in this line of work, I'm guessing?
2: Uh, the former.
1: Yes. That, that is definitely a lesser of two evils argument we can get behind, right? Yes. Uh, email us. Steve at com is the email address. That's D E A C E. Like us on Facebook, where you may, for example, even this morning, see the return of hashtag Facebook approved takes. You can also follow me on Twitter at Steve Day Show. Look for me as well on MeWe Parlor Gab and Getter. MeWe Parlor Gab and Getter. And then uh, finally, you get clips of the show uh, that are free of censorship and free to watch at Rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. I, my understanding, there was a massive merger yesterday. Uh, our colleague Dave Rubin had a couple of years ago. He launched his own social media platform. I think it's called Locals.com, right? right. And it is now merged with Rumble.com. Uh, that merger was announced yesterday. So, Rumble.com slash Steve Day Show is where you can go to get clips of the show. I mentioned Dan Bongino. I want to tell you something about him that's going on in the news right now in just a second before we get started. But first, I want to remind you, get them while they are available. Pumpkin Puffs are now available. That's chocolate-covered pumpkin marshmallow, folks. That is the new protein treat From our friends over at Built Bar, loaded with flavor, covered in real chocolate, not loaded, though, with calories, sugars, and carbs. You will not believe it is a protein bar. That is how good these are and all of their standard flavors, like mint brownie, for example, peanut butter brownie, cookies and cream. Those are great, too. All right? So get yours today. Order yours today. Go to built.com. Check out the new blueberry muffin. I still think chocolate chip cookie dough, which is the magnum opus, is available. All right, go to built.com, B-U-I-L-T. Use my name, last name that is, Dace, as your promo code, and get 15% off. Last name Dace, 15% off when you go to built.com. Speaking of promo codes, I want to mention. uh, Yesterday, 7cells.com decided to use the promo code Steve. It was just easier for them to remember how to spell it. Then DACE, okay? So if you want to take advantage, the the only of the, there's only two states so far. They said they could get you ivermectin in 43 states, which leaves us with seven, unless you're Barack Obama, and then that leaves us with 14. But that leaves us with only seven states that uh, they cannot legally deliver product to. It appears Michigan and Nebraska are two of those seven states. I don't know what the other five are. Uh, but uh, I've been I've had Ohio verified, North Carolina verified, several others. Okay, so uh, if you still want to get that discount on I, your ivermectin prescription, and I've had people say, "Hey, what if I don't have a script? Can they help with that too?" Yeah, it's a fully integrative process, so they can help you if you have a script. They can help you if you need one. They'll hook you up with the telehealth official uh, doctor's appointment there as well. Sevencells.com. Spell out the number seven. S C E V E N. With the promo code now to get the discount because of the black market, the cost of ivermectin has skyrocketed. All right. the the You can still use the discount code though, but it's Steve now, right? That's what you told me yesterday. The yes. discount code is Steve. Correct. All right. I wanted to make a note of that. All right. Quickly, before we get into today's show, I was just reading this before the show began. Uh, apparently, Dan Bongino, our good friend, former colleague, has been off the air for the last three days over at Cumulus. This is the third day in a row now that his show has not aired live. And I know Dan is producing a daily podcast and daily content. I know he just completed a mega merger of his social media platform because Rumble is his. So I I don't believe it's because he's ill. And I think he has actually verified on his podcast, either today or yesterday, that it is about his defiance of their authoritarian vaccine mandate. Now, Dan's a cancer survivor. He got vaccinated early on, but he is staunchly against mandates Including people that he works with at Cumulus, uh, that are having their jobs threatened by that company right now, and I, you know, we we commended him for what he is doing to stand up for freedom already, because this is going to take if, if they get if they run him. It, it, it's going to take a. I mean, he's going to be okay, but it's still going to take a, a pretty good chunk out of his bottom line, losing a radio show of that magnitude. No question, that's a. That is a very profitable venture. Otherwise, he wouldn't have added it to his already busy portfolio. But that got me to thinking. Let's say Cumulus is stupid enough to run the guy who right now might be the biggest star in our industry. At the very least, he's in the conversation with the Shapiros and the Becks. He's at least in that conversation. The very least. And then you're the new conservative guy, they hire to replace him. Haven't you kind of already been branded? You know what I'm saying? You damn well better be. Yeah, I mean, if 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 they run Dan because he won't comply with their vaccine mandate, and they don't want to get rid of they they don't want to get rid of their authoritarianism over there at Cumulus, and they decide well, we got to we got to find another you know conservative to put in there. We got that's hundreds of radio stations and all kinds of commercial billable hours, even if they don't. Uh, they're not as successful as Bongino. We just can't let all that money go, flush it down the toilet, right? Uh, imagine you're the new conservative guy they bring in. Haven't you already been branded? Don't we already know that? then, because I would assume if they're running Dan over their authoritarianism, that the authoritarianism is still there, right? right. So if you're the guy they brought in, that means you're willing to comply with it. Haven't you already told us then, really, when the proverbial bullets begin flying here, which side you're really on, right? Oh yes, you I have. mean that's a job. You, therefore, does anybody want to take that job then?
2: Lindsey Graham, Neil
1: Cavuto, yeah. Because, <laughs> nice. That's I mean, and and I know that's tempting. That's the, maybe the biggest corporate radio corporation in North America. It's them or iHeart, depending on how you want to measure it. But you want to talk about this? Is not the branding you're looking for? Hey, I'm 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 here now because I'm willing to comply with all the stuff you guys are against. Tune in today, noon to three Eastern. I I don't. I don't know, man. I'm just a kid from Iowa born to a 15-year-old mom on a moderately successful show that happens to air on a fairly large platform itself and had a number one best-selling book earlier this year. I I don't know much. I don't know much about what works in this business and what does not, okay? But I kind of think being the guy that follows Bongino for getting run out of there, for taking a principled stand, which would indicate, therefore, you're not principled because you're not going to take that kind of a stand, may not be the long-term branding in this endeavor. Here's my advice, and you didn't hire me as your agent. If you're going to be that guy, get as much of that money up front as you possibly can. Is that good advice?
2: Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Lesson one on that show is going to be Drag Queen Storio's, The Price of Freedom. Yes, maybe.
1: So, what, <laughs> so David French replaces Dan Bongino? Would that not be something? Wow. Wow. How about, here's the best solution. How about the management over at Cumulus puts down the hammer and sickle and realizes this is not only bad business, it's immoral, unethical policy. And and, you know, dials the authoritarianism down. How about this? Here's the best solution. Dial the damned authoritarianism down and 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 keep the guy that right now is the goose that just lays golden eggs everywhere he goes. Now, to me, that seems like the best solution. Just get rid of the authoritarianism and Print a whole bunch of money. Uh, that that would seem to be a good solution, right?
2: It's better than man to pig,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. pig to man. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Orwell. Yes, it is. All right. And with that, uh, we have Theology Thursday today. And oh, man, I cannot wait till the, we get to the question we're going to tackle today and get you guys' reaction to it. I've been holding on to this one for a while. I think today is the day. Okay. All right. Uh, so we'll have that. Three non non-political questions at the bottom of the hour. Megan Basham from The Daily Wire is going to join us. Because if there's one place where things should absolutely be segregated and people declared the other, it's church. Right? Right? Right. Uh, But before we get to all of that, here is Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away.
3: What Happened While We Were Away, brought to you by a deer in headlights. Attorney General Merrick Garland was grilled by senators yesterday over his memo from a few weeks ago calling for the FBI to investigate concerned parents at school board meetings.
1: How many incidents are cited in that memo?
3: I have to look back through the memo. I okay, can't you, count
1: it. you don't know. How many of them were violent? Again, the the general report how many of them were violent do you know i don't know no reason to believe you
3: didn't receive an anonymous letter white house political staff co-wrote it with this organization which is why the organization has rejected it you know these facts now to be true and yet you still won't disavow your memo
1: justice you did no independent research on what was happening did you
2: the memo has nothing to do with politics. Did you do
1: independent research? The memo
2: has nothing to do okay, with You're not answering that politics. question.
1: Your son-in-law makes a very substantial sum of money from a company involved in the teaching of critical race theory. Did you seek and receive a decision from an ethics advisor at the Department of Justice before you carried out an action that would have a predictable financial benefit to your son-in-law?
2: This memorandum is aimed at violence and threats. I, to I just
1: asked a question. Did you it seek an ethics It has no
2: predictable Did effect? you seek uh, an
1: ethics opinion? It has no predictable. Did you seek an ethics opinion? Judge, you know how to ask questions and answer them. Did you seek an ethics opinion? This
3: no, is, Senator. This is wrong. Judge, this is shameful. This, here, this testimony, your directive, your performance is shameful. Okay, that's not but, cr- Thank God you are not on the Supreme Court. You that? should resign in disgrace, Judge. In other news, Joe Biden is set to meet Pope Francis at the Vatican tomorrow to... Totally normal, devout Catholics having a day. Meanwhile, the UN released this video.
0: Listen up, people. You're headed for a climate disaster. And yet every year, governments spend hundreds of billions of public funds on fossil fuel subsidies. Imagine if we had spent hundreds of billions per year subsidizing giant meteors.
3: Something I missed from earlier this week, CDC director Rochelle Walensky says last year's frontline heroes will be the first to the
0: gulags. So we believe it is very important to get these people vaccinated. There is a plan, um, should these people not want to be vaccinated, towards education and counseling to get people the information they need so that they are feeling
4: comfortable in getting vaccinated.
3: According to the researcher extraordinaire who goes by the name of Gummy Bear on Twitter, for every COVID death per million prevented by the vaccine there are over 100 cases of myocarditis detected. This is based off of data garnered from a meeting briefing document from the Vaccine and Related Biological Products Advisory Committee meeting earlier this week at the FDA. Headline from the Babylon Bee, Pfizer claims vaccine will reduce average daily child COVID deaths from almost zero to almost zero. The U.S. economy's growth slowed down precipitously last quarter to 0.5% for an annual rate of 2%. Economists blame the ongoing supply chain issues was the cause of the contraction. Not to worry, though. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg is focused on touting the virtues of paternity leave after he was widely criticized last week for taking two months off of his job. And now this. Next week, school board elections around the country will go down. Find out who your candidates are, research them, and then vote for who most aligns with your values. Because I don't need to tell you Things in the schools are crazy, and they're going to continue getting crazier until parents take charge. Here are just a few examples from this week alone. A school in Broward County, Florida, took elementary-aged kids to a gay bar for a field trip. Keller Independent School District, among others, has a comic book depicting gay, ostensibly underage pornography that students of any age can check out from the library. This teacher on TikTok.
4: I'm a non-binary elementary school teacher, so here's how I talk to my students about pronouns and such. Hi, my name is Mix K. It's Mix. So kind of like cookie mix or mixing bowl, that sort of thing. That's how it's pronounced. That is my name. That is the name that I'm comfortable with. It is the name that makes me happy, and I would like it if you referred to me as such.
3: And in Kentucky, in Kentucky, in Kentucky, in Kentucky, Hazard High School is under investigation after a recent homecoming assembly featured girls in Hooters costumes and boys dressed in lingerie giving lap dances to school staff. In Kentucky. This was not something apparently the school was ashamed about, as the school board itself posted the photos of the assembly on their Facebook page before deleting them. And finally, for the last couple of minutes of the montage, something that doesn't suck. CBS News
0: recently discovered the patriarchy, and they like it. Not many good news stories begin in such a bad news way. It happened last month here at Southwood High School in Shreveport, Louisiana.
3: Plagued with violence That's
0: over the course of three days, another fight. Twenty-three students arrested for fighting. Massive police response. To but Southwood strangely, High there hasn't been another incident since. Perhaps in part because of this most unusual crisis intervention team. Nobody here has a degree in school counseling. No. No majors in criminal justice. No, no. Your qualifications are? With dads. dads. We decided the best people who can take care of our kids are who? For us. What we do. So Michael Lafitte started Dads on Duty. We're out doing what we do for our babies. A group of about 40 Southwood dads who now hang out at the school in shifts. Let's go. Today, any negative energy that enters the building has to run a gauntlet of good parenting. What's going on, buddy? You moving fast. I like that horse. I immediately felt a form of safety. We stopped fighting, people started going to class. How could that be? You ever heard of a look? A look? Dads have the power to do that? Yes, not many people know it, but yes. <laughs> let's go, let's go. But it's not just the firm stares and stern warnings. Let's make it the class, my son. It's also the dad jokes. They just make funny jokes, like, oh, hey, your student's on untied, but it's really not untied. <laughs> and They hate it. They're so embarrassed by it. And it's that perfect mix of tough love and gentle ribbing that dads do so well that has helped transform this school. The school has really just been, like, happy, and you can feel it. Which is why the dads plan to keep coming to Southwood indefinitely. Because not everybody has a father figure figure at home. Or a male period in their life. So just to be here makes a big difference. Do you think you stumbled onto something here? Absolutely. 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 Absolutely.
3: And that's what happened while we were away.
1: Just to be here makes a big difference. Just to be here makes a big difference. Makes a big difference. I think of all of the times in the last year and a half, especially, we have seen one singular woman try to defy the spirit of the age horde coming over the the wall And imagine, just imagine if we had more men who realized, you know, just to be here makes a big difference. Just to be here makes a big difference. Imagine if I didn't have any more emails from women. I can't get my husband to take his mask off. I can't get my husband to go speak to the school board. Can't get my husband to speak up. Just to be here makes a big difference. Somebody sent me a note the other day when we were talking about the schools question again, and why I didn't grill you about having your kids over there at the Carlisle, Iowa schools. And I said, maybe you're new here. We've actually had this conversation about ten thousand times previously on the show. But I said, I mean, Todd is is omnipresent. In that school district. I mean, at this point, they got to give them a parking spot. You know why? Because just to be here makes a big difference. Just to be here. See, the schools can actually be the battleground for a culture war. It's just not your kids fighting it on your behalf. That's weak and cowardly. There it is. Your kids are not the foot soldiers of a culture war. You are to protect and defend them. And their innocence. It's you, dad, who are supposed to fight this. You. That's your job. Because just to be there, just to be here, makes a big difference. Just to be here. Aaron's Montage brought to you by our friends over at Patriot Wine, where they have some of the best winemaking in the world. 90-point wine. That's a vineyard at nine vineyards that are at 9,000 feet there in the Andes Mountains in Argentina. Families that have been at it for over 200 years, and they know what they're doing, and we can attest to it. We've all tried it. Notes of blackberry, dark cherry, leather smoke, some of the finest red wine in all of the world, and you can have it imported into your home now. For half off, when you go to PatriotWine2021.com, red wine from the third highest vineyards on this planet. No inflated prices, not loaded with a bunch of fillers, but they are phenomenal. If you want to try it now, no promo code is necessary. Get half off now at PatriotWine2021.com. Again, that is PatriotWine2021.com. I, I want to show some pictures. And I'm going to keep showing them to you. I'm going to take myself off the screen. I'm going to make all of you gorge on this. Do not turn away. Do not. We're going to run these into the ground for the next 10 minutes until you're sick and tired of them until you're begging me make it stop you know why i'm going to do that cuz i'm going to beg you to make it stop as aaron said this is kentucky this is kentucky This is Kentucky. Tower, it's Hazard County, correct? Yep. Okay. If you're a dad in Hazard County, Kentucky, and your kids are in this district, or you pay taxes in that district, just a man in general. And you knew about this. And you are not contemplating right now how to peaceably rain fire down on this district for this filth, for this objectification of the children that they were so happy about they put it on their Facebook page I had this emailed to me several times last night, by the way, who, from people around the country who did not believe the story was true. Because it just can't be true. This can't, this can't be true that this happened in Kentucky. And then they actually went and found it on the school district's Facebook page and realized they're, they're proud of this. This is Kentucky we have the one shot where the kid where the kid there's one the twerk right that's what that is right i guess isn't that what that's called what about the one where the man, where the young with a young man is lap dancing and has the hands on the teacher's or the, the administrators torso look at the clapping this is vile This is disgusting. These are supposed to be our children. Don't turn away. Don't turn it off. You haven't earned the right to turn it off. You haven't earned that right. You need to earn the right to turn this off. By turning it off, if you know what I'm saying. Earn the right to turn this off. Turning off... Blaze TV won't solve anything. Unless you're turning it off to head down to the superintendent's office and give them a piece of your mind and the principal's office, then by all means, turn it off. But don't, don't turn it off because you're disgusted. Well, I don't live in Hazard County, Kentucky. Here's the thing. If this could happen in Hazard County, Kentucky... Can happen anywhere the rest of y'all live, too. Kentucky. Kentucky. Did I mention this is in Kentucky? Todd, you've got kids in schools. What's your reaction to watching this?
2: The world's come a long way from the Dukes of Hazard. That county's demographics must have changed. Uh, yeah, well, I, I appreciate the nod uh, Steve gave me. Uh, and more importantly, uh, my wife, uh, who's now uh, in the ring for school board. And this exact argument was made. Many people at the recent school board forum wanted to say this is this one and happen here.
1: 5,000 people live in Hazard, Kentucky, yeah. by the way. That's it. 5,000. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
2: No, no, no. That's, and so we are, my little exurb, Steve calls it, ru- semi-rural exurb, it, it, it basically is this place. It is a, a moon in the orbit of the largest city in Iowa, uh, Des Moines. And so, yeah, of course, Steve's point is exactly right. And that's re- really, yeah, outliers, disgusting things happen everywhere, now, the point to be taken is to, you, it's way too easy to sit there and say this has happened in California and New York um, and uh, w- w- here we're doing just fine. We've been telling us ourselves that for decades. The public schools are a problem, but my school is pretty good. Listen, Steve is exactly right. You know why my public school is pretty good? At least one of the reasons why I make damn sure of it. And it doesn't take that many. It absolutely takes more than one. But people know who I am, and increasingly people know who others are, because there is. they gain strength from seeing courage. They absolutely do. So no more excuses, because Hazard County is biohazard county now.
1: Mm. Aaron, you have any thoughts on this? Just what Todd said.
3: Well, my school district is okay, but yeah, the schools are a big problem. That's the inverse of, of uh, a phrase that I have used many, many times. Yeah, the Senate is a problem, but my Senator is OK. Somebody keeps voting for Mitch McConnell. Yeah. This is, this is Appalachia, guys. OK? Somebody kept voting for John Boehner. Somebody keeps voting for John Cornyn. Somebody? No. When When do we take this personally? That's, that's what we're asking, right? Is this a personal affront to you just on a human level? It, because if it is, a lot of you will say, "Yeah, I, I if it is, then what are you going to do about it?
1: A mother in this district there's a story at the blaze this morning is trying to defend this, And she did on a local television station. Her name is Holly Lane. She says, listen, look at these quotes. Um, Quote, it's been taken completely out of context. There are only photos being shown on the internet, no videos. So the photos don't show the teachers pushing the children off of them. Wow. I don't even know what to say to that.
2: Are the teachers hostages there or something? I I
1: just, I don't even know what to to say to that. Okay. Yeah, that guy looks like a hostage. It's just homecoming teenagers being teenagers. I don't know, man. I was... Well known for being a a trickster, joker, prankster, Um, and when I was in school, and we we contemplated giving male teachers lap dances, and then just thought that was a bridge that would just never come up, dude. I mean, are you kidding me? That these quotes that she has, quote: some people just don't know how to keep their mouths shut. I don't even have to meet Holly Lane. I don't even have to meet her. I guarantee you. She's the first woman that shows up if your kid shows up at school without a mask. Guaranteed. Put my paycheck on it. Guaranteed. Yep. Guaranteed. Kentucky. Rural Appalachia, Kentucky. If you think it can't happen where you live, rural appalachia kentucky it will happen where you live dad unless you're going to start being there it will happen We hear a lot of talk about variants, masks, vaccines these days, but not a lot about, you know, changing your lifestyle. Like I mentioned to you, the study out of Israel yesterday, uh, where one of Israel's uh, hospitals did a study and found that more than one in four of their COVID hospitalizations that were vitamin D deficient, 26%, ended up dying once admitted. Only 3% of their COVID hospitalizations that were vitamin D sufficient died. Anthony Fauci's done interviews with Jennifer Garner, Matthew McConaughey where he's talked about how essential vitamin D is. It's one of the tr- supplements that he actually trusts and uses. And yet, where was all the public awareness campaign about vitamin D for the last year and a half with seasonality the number one driver of COVID surges and therefore COVID killers? Nowhere to be found. Anything that does, there's a there's a, a well-known antidepressant now that is showing positive results for uh, as a COVID early treatment, I sent it over to my wife this morning. She's like, "Oh yeah, we all know about that." I'm like, "Well, be prepared for it to be completely discredited here in about three to four weeks." Why do you like horse paste? Yes, yeah, okay. That'll be brain paste, uh, yes. zombie paste. Who knows what that one will be? Okay. Well, this is why you want to look at products like Field of Greens because this kind of preventative health stuff, folks, it absolutely works. Field of Greens is loaded. Field of Greens is loaded with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables, packed with. Things like antioxidants, vitamin D, other vitamins, et cetera, that support both heart health, immune systems more and more. And and it's packed with 18, not just one, 18 clinically researched essential fruits and vegetables. One scoop in any water based drink. This is how I start my day every single day. One scoop in any water based drink, stir it up. And right there, you've got a full serving. Of Fruits and vegetables, that's more than the average American gets an entire day, if sadly not longer. All right, so if you want to give it a shot, they've got multiple flavors that taste great. Go to BrickHouseSteve.com, get 15% off of your first order with the promo code Steve at checkout. Again, that's BrickHouseSteve.com with 15% off your first order with the promo code Steve at checkout for Field of Greens. Well, The Daily Wire has been doing some fantastic work uh, recently. We had Luke Rosiak. I think that's... Did I get the last name right? I always forget what the last name is, so thank you. Uh, Who, in my opinion, ought to be nominated for a Pulitzer for what he has uncovered there in Loudoun County. And now he's on to Fairfax uh, School District there in Virginia as well. And then there's the piece we're going to talk about now by Megan Basham over at Daily Wire. She joins us today here on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. Megan, it's a pleasure to meet you. Thank you for joining us. How are you?
4: I'm good. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here.
1: So... You've got a piece up that my only dis. My only surprise is that it took this long, given the current <laughs> state of the American church. That's my only surprise is that mm-hmm. it held out for this long. Because if there's anything that people want to go to church for these days, it is some good old fashioned segregation. Tell us about the story,
4: right? Well, you know, it's funny you mention that because I actually started kind of tracking the story. I mean, I would say back in late August, I started getting emails here and there from people going, you know, I'm hearing all this stuff about secular employers issuing mandates, the government issuing mandates. And we're talking about, will our churches help us get exemptions? They're like, well, I know my church isn't going to, because they're instituting mandates to come to church. Um, They're instituting mandates if you want to be a missionary. So I started getting messages like that. And some of them were for some You know, very well-known churches. Tim Keller's church in New York City, Redeemer Presbyterian, has instituted a segregation policy that if you are unvaccinated, you are asked to sit in the balcony while the vaccinated may sit on the floor of the sanctuary. Uh, So someone at Redeemer private messaged me. They said, I I don't want to give you my name, but this is really upsetting to me. Same thing happened with the International Missions Board of the Southern Baptist Convention. Some people messaged me privately and said, you know, we're missionaries. Uh, our sons, our teenagers, we have looked at the research showing that they face a higher risk of hospitalization from the COVID vaccine than they do from getting COVID. So we don't want them vaccinated. Um, we're pretty upset. We're working through this. But I just started getting a lot of messages like that. And that tipped me off that, gosh, nobody is looking at this issue in the church. So I you know, made it my business to do a deep dive of why churches are doing this and where this love your neighbor messaging is coming from, that that's the only way to love your neighbor is to get vaccinated.
1: How many people do you know? Did you get an idea? How many people are sitting in the balcony there at Tim Keller's church? Because the number should actually be zero. The first time you're ever asked to do that should be the absolute last time you ever walk through the doors of that place, in my opinion.
4: Yeah, and you know, that's a really good question. I did not look into what their numbers would be, but um, I think that's something that maybe deserves a follow-up to find out, okay, how many people are sitting in the balcony right now because they're not willing to show their proof of vaccination. Now, to be fair, Redeemer Presbyterian is operating on the honor system here. They have said, we're going to take your word for it, but a lot of other churches are not. Um, I covered a church here In Charlotte, that is another very well-known, large conservative, theologically conservative church, they instituted a mandate in their children's ministry. Um, Now, again, children face very low risk from COVID, but they said in order to show love to the children in our ministry, the staff there needs to be vaccinated. I want you to keep in mind that most of the staff in a children's ministry is typically young women. They're of childbearing age. Mm -hmm. They may be pregnant, looking to get pregnant. So a lot of young women were very upset. They didn't want to get the vaccine. They don't feel that there's been enough long-term testing on what kind of side effects that could happen with that. Um, So some people reached out to me there and essentially sent me the memo that the church sent out. And it was, it was not a loving memo. It was a memo that said, if you are not vaccinated by this date, or have not responded to us regarding your vaccination, we are going to take that as a sign that you have resigned. Um, And a lot of the young women on that staff did resign. It left a lot of parents who use that service for childcare while they work in the lurch. Suddenly, a lot of people were told you have two weeks to make other arrangements during, by the way, (laughs) a work shortage all over the country. So daycares have miles long waiting lists and these parents were told, I'm sorry, we can't take children anymore. You got two weeks to find some other arrangement.
1: I am fascinated, Megan, and and you and I have never met, so I don't know um, much about your background or um, theologically covering such mm-hmm. issues. So forgive me, okay, um, on that front, because if I'm putting you on the spot, no, no, but, go ahead. but but I am. I I have had people attempt with me some of these. I've had people email me or say things to me like, well, I mean, wouldn't Jesus wear a mask? I'm like, uh, Jesus would would heal people. Um, <laughs> that's what he did. He, he healed lepers, didn't urge his disciples not to interact with them. When lepers came upon them, uh, he healed them. I mean, that's what why he's given the name, the the great physician. He's a healer, okay? So I understand that we're not, you know... Uh, the hypostatic union here, not all of us are fully man and fully God. I understand that, okay? But right. I also understand that we're at least on some level trying to emulate our Lord, at least on some level, at least give it our best shot anyway, okay? so i've 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 tried to entertain, I've done this on the show several times, Some of these arguments that you're not loving your neighbor as you love yourself if you don't do this. Um, I think by the way, these arguments all bear false witness because, which is, which violates a commandment, if I recall, because they don't go into any consideration at all about, first of all, the fact that the efficacy for these things is falling apart. That's why they're talking right. third boosters, now fourth boosters already. They're talking about that. Uh, the various safety risks, as you pointed out, there's, a, there's some data we had on our show earlier today. For every one vaccination right now, if you look at the rates of myocarditis in young males, for every one vaccination that may save a life, you could increase the level of myocarditis amongst young men by a okay so none of these things are never brought into any consideration it just all frankly seems like we are embracing the 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 spirit of the ages narrative and throwing bible verses on it but i don't want to you know i I don't want to judge my neighbor unfairly is there a valid argument here because i have to tell you megan i've not seen one did you uncover one
4: Well, I'm glad you brought that up. I spent a lot of time in this article kind of going, how did we get here? How did we get here where loving your neighbor means getting this vaccine? Uh, And it's a matter for me that should be one of Christian liberty. If you want to get the vaccine unto the Lord, if you feel convinced that this is the right thing to do, then by all means, do it. Mm -hmm. But... My problem was there are all of these essays from highly influential evangelical pundits, Um, your Russell Moore's, your David French's, and they have a lot of influence with these mega pastors. Uh, They have a lot of influence with these big ministries. So I spent some time really diving into all of the essays and uh, podcast interviews and uh, big CNN interviews that they've given addressing the issue. And Where the gospel to be,
1: goes to flourish, obviously. All, all these are right, places and flourish. platforms and names that are well, well known for invading the dark spaces. So, so by yes, go ahead. Yes.
4: Right. And so for <laughs> me, but, it, they were, you, but you saw all these churches using the same language as your David French's and your Russell Moore. So I went through that essay and then I reached out to this pastor because I go to me. My initial reaction, you know, I'm not a pastor, but I go, gosh, this sounds like you are heaping, a burden of law of mm-hmm. Phariseism, on your fellow believers. Mm-hmm. And that was what I really rejected. I personally rejected the idea that you could not show love in this vaccine decision by choosing not to get the vaccine. Like, say, you're a young man whose family depends on you. Maybe you look at this research and go out of love for my family. I'm not going to get this vaccine because they need me. Uh, so that could be a decision made in love um same thing if you're a pregnant woman and you're doing it out of love for your unborn child there's a lot of reasons you might make that decision out of love that are just as legitimate so i spent some time on that and then i reached out to probably the one of the best resources you could have on a story like this um dr kirk milhone who happens to be not only a pastor in maui but he is also a pediatric cardiologist and has been a medical missionary to the biggest outbreak of Ebola in Liberia in 2013. So I go, this is a guy who's a great research source for me. And I spent a lot of time talking to him. And he told me from a scientific point of view, there is absolutely no basis for doing these kind of mandates that you can still spread the virus mm-hmm. if you are vaccinated. Um, CDC you, is admitting this. Right. They, they're, and they're, just,
1: they admitted this on CNN back on August the fifth that these vaccines don't stop. They don't stop transmission. Boris Johnson just said this in the UK just last week. Do these ministers know any of this information?
4: Well, that's a good question. So I go, are all they is all that they're hearing coming from, you know, your, your David Frenches who are saying, oh, the people who don't want to get the vaccine, these Christians who refuse to get it, are just acting in selfishness. I'm going, are they hearing guys like, I don't know, a guy who also happens to be a cardiologist. And also a pastor and so he basically told me look there is no scientific rationale for this i see no theological rationale for this the only rationale i can see for this is social that they want to please men not god Mm.
1: that's my fear as well and you know occam's razor is usually the the most direct or simplest explanation is the truth when you try to provide grace and see it from the other point of view I just don't think the arguments stack up, and one of my favorite parts of your piece, I think it's Phil Johnson, is the name of the mm. of the of the minister that you speak to, that I think really comes back with um, uh, a, a very smart but convicting theological answer. Tell our tell our audience about what he compared this to.
4: Well, I mean, Phil Johnson just talked about you know in Romans 14, this is one of those, should we eat or not eat? You know, let each person be subject to his own Lord. Why Mm -hmm. should you be judging another servant? And, um, I have to go back to look at the piece specifically, but you know, I had some great back and forth conversations with Phil and he essentially said, you know, this is kind of a James two situation where they are showing favoritism for sort of socially progressive in some way, people who have signaled, I've got the vaccine, I'm a good citizen, so we're going to seat you down here, or we're going to welcome you into the church, but we're not going to welcome you, or we're not going to seat you uh, in the favored space. I mean, that's something that James 2 directly <laughs> commands us not to do. Right. Uh, so that's pretty serious stuff right there. Um,
1: and Phil also, and, by know, the way, just pardon me for a second, he references um, the Galatians 3.28, neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor th- yes. free, n- neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus, and that this essentially clearly violates the spirit of what Paul is talking about there.
4: Right, and I don't think you can find anywhere in the New Testament that would give us a command on this, but we do have some pretty clear guidelines not to separate mm-hmm. over man-made rules. I mean, that that's pretty clear, and they're saying, look— if you feel convinced, by all means, get it. If you can take this vaccine unto the Lord, then take it. If you can't, if your conscience doesn't feel good about this, then don't. And, uh, you know, one other element, there was one church in this story, and this one just blew my mind, um, because they're so extreme. They're saying children under 12 can't get the vaccine, so we are not letting children under 12 in the building. We're just going to do all our youth ministry. That, that place should
1: be a tomb, because right. it already is and, one, I mean, a whitewashed I, one. It should be an actual one, how, though. Yeah.
4: How much does that go against, let the little children come unto me? Yeah. I went, wow, that was just mind-blowing. And you had pastors saying, well, we're going to prefer health over the traditions of the church. I'm like, wow, the traditions of the church. So by that, you're talking about the gospel? What do you mean by the traditions of the church that you're mm-hmm. not going to observe right now in favor of health?
1: You know what? He's right, though. I mean, those folks in the first <laughs> century had no experience with plagues and right. disease whatsoever. What do they know, Right. Megan Basham uh, over at Daily Wire, great piece. Thank you for joining us today, Megan. We really appreciate Absol- it.
4: Thank you for having me. I we really enjoyed it.
1: You bet. Like I said to her when we started out, my only surprise is that this story took this long to be written. Right. Yeah. I, I, I frankly, I'm I'm a little bit excited that they didn't just start the tyranny in too many of these churches on day one. Actually,
2: here's one thing: after seeing her, that you need to remember. When you watch our show all the time, you get a sense, like, in order to call BS effectively on people, you think you have to be like us. And not just men, but, like, confrontation. I I, don't know her either. She seems really nice. She's obviously well-spoken. Uh, doesn't strike me as a woman who's full of uh, F-bombs on the side or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I know about her. She knows the squealers, you know? She, she When she smells BS, she's just the same as us. Like, yeah. No, I don't really care about being nice today. We're calling this one out. God bless her.
1: I wish I could say I was surprised that this was going on at Tim Keller's church. Oh no. No. I... And in true Tim Keller passive aggressive fashion, Aaron, it's the tyranny's on a volunteer basis. So I can <laughs> I can escape actual scrutiny for imposing what it is I would really like to do and still maintain my evangelical street cred,
3: right? You know, Bella my wife read the uh, John Piper piece last week before we talked about it on uh, on Theology Thursday, and uh, before we talked about it at all, I just asked her what she thought, and and she was just like, "It's basically the entire piece is basically just uh, a, a struggle session with letting believers do as the Romans do." Basically, that's basically what what he was the point that he was trying to make. That's that's undergirding all of this. You have permission to just go the way of the world, okay? Because That's what this is.
1: All right. I can't wait to get people's reactions to this question for Theology Thursday. This will be an interesting conversation coming up next. Stay tuned. Back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd and Aaron McIntyre. All of you, let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox. Email us, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook where you still, like this morning, for example, every now and then may see hashtag Facebook Approved Takes. And then you can also follow us on Twitter at steve Dace Show. Uh, that's D E A C E, or look for me on MeWe, Parlor, Gab, and Getter, and then finally get clips of the show where you can watch them for free, and they're also free of censorship. When you go to Rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show, again, that's Rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. And if you are a podcast listener of the show, we appreciate you. Please show your appreciation for us. Leave a five-star review if you wouldn't mind. If you like us, that is. Hit subscribe or follow. Those things help the show to grow. So many of you have done this already. Thank you to each and every one of you. So many of you have also tried rough greens for your pet and found out that they like it. But you still might be holding out. You still might be wondering, I don't know. Maybe my dog's not going to like this. And hey, um, there is one way to find out. How about we just give you that first 14-day jumpstart bag for free? See, if you don't see a difference in your pet in 14 days or less, when we put those vitamins, minerals, nutrients, pre-probiotics, antioxidants that were stripped out of your pet's store-bought food before it ever left the factory, for the same reasons that are stripping that stuff out of our food these days, because of mass distribution and consumption... That's why we take so many supplements. Now there's one for your pet. It's the green powder from Rough Greens. You mix it in with your pet's food. And if they're anything like our dog Cap, they love it. But maybe yours, you're not so sure. He's a little more finicky. We'll find out. We give you that first 14-day Jumpstart bag for free. You just pay for the shipping. But that first bag is on us when you go to roughgreens.com. R-U-F-F. That's how they spell it. Roughgreens.com or... 833-ROUGH-DOG, and again, that's the number, 833-ROUGH-DOG. All right, Theology Thursday. I've been saving this one, and I cannot wait to get people's reaction to this, starting with the two people here flanking me in the studio. All right, you guys ready? Let's go. Now watch, this won't live up to the...
2: Are you saving it for the right mood your right mood our right mood yeah
1: yeah all yeah and so so you guys know how this works i i get we get tons of theological questions or suggestions of things you want us to discuss on the show and i've I, we have so many of them now i even created a folder in my email that's just theology thursday stuff so in you know the last couple weeks there's been something you know um you know burning that i had to address you know so i, I came in with an agenda of what I wanted to talk about for theology Thursday, and then, but there—that's not the case all the time. In fact, it's actually not the case often that, that I'm like, "Hey, we're doing this next week." And so, I wanted to have a you know a group of organic, spontaneous issues, questions, uh, dilemmas from the audience. I chose this one today specifically because I've got several other good ones too to address. But given how we started the show. And and the video, and I love the way that you framed it, Aaron, CBS rediscovers the patriarchy, and they like it, right? Yep. Okay? Today, so I've been holding on to this one for a couple months now. So, but, but I think today, given the conversation we had first hour, today's the day to address this one. Ready? Ready. Okay. I'm not going to use this individual's name. They didn't ask me to withhold their name. I'm just going to choose to do it just now, to be on the safe side. Now I'm interested. <laughs> That's yeah. all right. And you guys didn't see this Aaron didn't have the camera on himself. When I said that, he literally like sit up straighter in his chair. He's like, okay, I'm paying attention now. I'm not going to be on my phone. All right, here we go. Um, this is a question. This person writes, I have been struggling with for the better part of a year now. Input from the three of you would be greatly appreciated. I met my wife when I was 28 and she was 25. That was four years ago. Our relationship moved along fairly quickly as we were both upfront and vocal about our intentions of looking for a mate from the get-go. Before we moved the ball further down the field to marriage, we had multiple conversations about our desire, or rather lack of desire, to have children. We agreed then, and still agree now, that our home will remain free of sleepless nights, dirty diapers, sticky fingers, juice spills, and hair pulling. My moral dilemma is that my choice to not have a child is rooted in selfishness and wavering faith. You see, on one hand, I believe that to be a good parent, you need to start from a place of wanting to be one. And I perceive that to be an all or nothing type obligation. There's no question that it's easier to not be a parent than to be one. We'll remain more financially sound. No need to worry about the potential of an ill or mentally challenged child Truthfully the list of reasons why not to produce goes on reproduce goes on for a while God provides he puts nothing in our path which we cannot handle he is good we were made in his image if i believe this to be true can i also then not want to have children i love mentoring i coach soccer i've coached 8 year olds college players every age in between i love being an uncle a fun neighbor and big brother to my children and big brother to children in my community that's the charity i love it But the risk factor severely diminishes when the child is not my own, when my responsibilities are limited to merely hours in a day. Thank you for your honesty. So, first of all, did this live up to the hype? Yeah. (laughs) All right, Aaron, I'm going to start with you because you just seem almost giddy to address this. Man, um, yeah, I it's without going
3: into the motivations, you really, you 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 thanked us for your for our honesty, in 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 writing this, right? That was that were that was his word. Those were the words at the end of the email, correct?
1: Um. Actually, I looked at another email. Just now that I look at his, I'm sorry I got so many. All the best, thanks, guys. That was another okay. email that said thanks for your okay. honesty. My bad. Well, I'm going to be the honest, best, thanks, guys. On oh, this one, I'm ends.
3: I'm, I'm going to okay. be honest with you, regardless. The okay. reasons that you gave for not wanting to have kids, no sleepless nights, sticky fingers, dirty diapers. Those are not those are not selfless reasons on its face. Now those are the only reasons you gave. It could be something deeper like a desire maybe to adopt, but I didn't hear that in that email. The dirty diapers, all I heard were the the things that that come about when you have kids, the seemingly unpleasant things. You know, Bella and I were just texting this morning. We have this method to help Ben sleep. And it involves mimicking sounds that the baby hears in the womb. And she said, you know, before too long, those things aren't going to help him anymore. Because that's not just, it's just not going to sue them. He's, he's growing up. These things, these things shoot by so freaking quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, it has been a struggle to get Ben to sleep on a consistent basis. The first couple of weeks, Bella and I didn't get very much sleep at all. Like everybody told us that we wouldn't. Uh, instead, it was a lot of wah, uh, except a lot higher pitched and just ear splitting in the middle of the night. That was not pleasant. But you know what? Now that it's in the, the rearview mirror, both Bella and I are like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is going by a little bit, a little bit too fast now. Now he's, he's only 10, 11 weeks old. The dirty diapers bit. Uh, ben is happiest, actually, now, when I'm putting him on the changing table. He likes to look at me and smile. I, and then, um, you know, he, he likes to ha- try to have a conversation. Even the dirty diaper, maybe your baby would be different. I, I don't know. Those reasons, in and of themselves, they sound scary. They sound bad. They sound unpleasant. They really are not. The joy of being able to come home at the end of the day to my wife and my son... And especially now that he's smiling and he recognizes me now, I mean, there's nothing else. There's no leisurely activity. There's no part of being an uncle, which I love being an uncle. One of my nephews was just in here in the studio this summer. I love being an uncle. You know, um, it does, it pales in, in, in comparison to that. So the central question, we committed not to have kids. Is this selfish for the reasons you gave, for the reasons you gave. Now it might be deeper and might be different. Um, yes. However, the desire to have kids, it can be different for, for everyone. I, I, I understand that, but most in most circumstances, um, there is a desire. There, there is a desire there somewhere deep down, um, And I would say most people, eventually, most women, eventually, have that desire. So um, maybe it's just true that neither of you do, and and God is using you in in ministering in other ways. But for the reasons you gave, I would maybe pump the brakes on that.
1: Okay. Todd?
2: When people don't know me that well— or don't know what I do or something like that and they start to go in talking about uh, religion or politics and you can tell they're used to thinking they hold court or something like that or or just an environment where every no one says anything and this is about their esteem I, I, you know if they, I said I usually give them some sort of like verbal permission slip I was like D- okay I'm happy to talk about this but it, it, if if you want to talk about i'm going to talk about it on on my terms and so i'm just giving you a chance Um, and otherwise we can just talk about anything you want to but it's important that you understand that now you're sending this letter to us man so like that's implied i mean you gotta know (laughs) i mean i don't i don't feel bad I just don't feel bad at all. Is this all. your
1: version of don't get in the ring with yeah. Mike Tyson yeah. if you don't want to get hit, yeah. right? Because I hear I, you. Okay. And I,
2: listen, I've got all kinds of friends I love to this day. I know they think diametrically opposed things for me. So your thinking is God killer stuff. It is deeply, deeply, deeply unhealthy, and it prevents you from understanding the most core and fundamental truths of the universe. That may not be your goal, but if you want to, you you can't you can't think the way you do about life. You cannot so easily reject. And there there may be very, you know, underneath this, there may be reasons that like, oh, now we all get why you th- say this. Sure. And you should reflect on that. I didn't that, come but from a good home.
1: I have yeah. some uh, terrible example. Like, yes, I'm worried about passing that on. Right. But right. you didn't say
2: that. You kind of gave But you didn't offer us
1: that, correct. You
2: kind of gave uh, 21st century, you know, I just want to hang with my bros, kind of just be chill, uh, you know, and yeah, I give back in my own way, man, it's just that you, you, you have been given the opportunity to have the power of God to create in your image. It's a gift that you don't deserve and you were given it. And, and, and to to simply deny yourself of that and call it knowledge is is sprinting away from the good the true and the beautiful you think you know but you simply you simply don't and you simply can't Ha-ha- having children uh, people a lot of the, the people uh, people of faith tend in all in multiple religions ha- tend to have more children than uh secular and that's increasingly so but it, it's it's not it, it just doesn't go in one direction i believe in god therefore my command is to have children mm-hmm. there, there's that too but it works in reverse my uh, i've been given eyes to see and ears to hear about the things of god because i had children and engaging in that dynamic and expecting myself to be a man in a new way as a father I could talk about this all day, but man, um, you're, you're trying, uh, you can't, you can't beat this Kobayashi Maru, man. Don't, don't waste time thinking you can don't, it doesn't mean race out and have a kid tomorrow or anything like that. And obviously if you had this pact, Hey, that's your pact. Uh, That's tough to overcome. If it's, if you're, this is your way of like, "Mm, I need some advice on how to rethink this. I I don't know what it is, but, um, you, 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 there's no, there there to what you're saying. And coaching your buddy's soccer team or whatever, that's not, that's not, that's not the same. You, you are, you can keep trying to pound that square-shaped peg into that round hole. Nope, never going to work.
1: It's a good word from both of you. So, I'm going to start from the back and work my way to the front, if that's okay. I was, I was driving home just the other day, actually, and our neighborhood and we've lived here now for 15 years and uh our kids for the most part have gotten something that neither amy and i had amy's dad was 101st airborne she was born in nuremberg at the time west germany traveled all over the place um you know my dad uh, i mean dave worked construction and in the 80s in some areas the economy was coming back quicker than it was in in others and so we'd often move where the construction business was booming so we both of us were very transient as children and we both wanted to provide a place where the kids you know this was the home we grew up in and and you know we know the neighborhood and those sorts of things and driving through it yesterday or a couple of days ago and all the leaves and stuff are changing and it and it hit me that this will be the first... Last year, I didn't get to take anybody out, but but Noah was still within the age group to trick-or-treat. And and that didn't feel quite right. I mean, I always took the kids out together, um, originally Anna by herself, and then Zoe came along, and then Noah, so, and then take them all together. It was one of my most favorite nights of the year. Um, we'd have a ton of fun. And this is the first time... Since like two thousand and two, that that's not happening, and it it felt like like a piece of me was like missing. It's the best way I could explain it. This year, I have put rules down for Christmas. We're not buying anybody any gift cards because now the kids are older. I just want a gift card to this place or gift card. No, no. Mom, I'm I'm shopping for gifts. Because when they were like seven or eight, I'd have loved it if they would have told me just give me a gift card. Trying to figure out what they wanted was was difficult. Now I'm like, no way, man. And he, I'll make sure you have the receipt. You can return it if you don't like it. But I'm gonna watch you open a gift, okay? <laughs> <All right>. Taskmaster. <laughs> and because. When they tell you it goes by fast, and you don't realize it, when you're at the stage that Aaron's at right now, or they're three or four years old, and you don't realize it, but man, as soon as they hit like twelve or thirteen, it's like it's a downhill slide, and the next thing you know, you're at a you're at a high school graduation. It goes by fast, and you realize, you realize. Like I was, I was just texting with my oldest just just during the last break. You know, um, and she's really busy right now with work and she's doing a Junie B. Jones production at the Playhouse downtown. And so trying to figure out, you know, can we, we we always had a tradition of watching a, you know, scary movie together for Halloween, trying to figure out if we can make that work, you know. And and, and she's like, I don't think I can make it work till 10 o'clock tonight. And I'm like, you know what? I will stay up so that we can maintain that tradition. Why? Because it's not about that tradition. It's about that connection because we probably won't even watch most of the movie. She'll want to talk probably during at least half of it about what's going on. It's because there is nothing I will do. and, And I get a ton of positive feedback. And I'm very grateful for all of it. And if you're a parent and you're one of the people that have sent us positive feedback, you're going to completely relate to what I'm about to say all of that positive feedback all of it multiplied by a million does not even come close to the purpose and meaning that that I that I receive from the blessed opportunity to mentor raise and love those kids. It doesn't even come close. It's not... It, it's just... It, it's a totally different meta level. I also think that... It's, it's difficult to truly even come close to understanding the depths of... And when I say... When I mean close, I mean like way off. Um, but that's better than zero. To truly understand the love that god has for us without this kind of an experience. Now, that doesn't mean I mean Paul didn't have kids. He wrote most of the New Testament. He even says, "Hey, I mean, if you can devote your call your life to the gospel, then you that's great. On the other hand, don't, you know, burn with lust. If you need to get married, that's cool too." But when I read your note, it's not My wife and I are in a dangerous, my wife and I are missionaries in Sudan. And on a week-to-week basis, we're not sure if our lives are in danger. We have to be snuck in and out of the country, you know, and we want to serve the gospel. And we're concerned about bringing a child into this, into this calling and the dangers that go along. There wasn't any of that. No. See, the meaning and purpose I get from being a dad comes not from the feedback that they give me. It comes from the opportunity I get to serve them. The son of man says, I came to serve others, not to be served. That's, I'll never forget that when Anna was little, she used to have a knack for asking really probing questions that would put me on the spot. And she asked me once, what is a real man? And I hesitated for a second and I finally blurted out this answer. A real man is somebody that does what he knows is right, even when he doesn't want to do that. Because he loves the people he's doing it for more than he loves himself. When I read your note, brother, you're selling yourself short. You're not cheating a kid. You're cheating you you are putting things in your life that you think provide some of scratch some of the itch of masculine leadership that you have and you think that that that's satisfying because it it because you exercise some of your gifts to help other people and i commend you for that but then when the time comes that the difficult periods of this sort of equation emerge, that's your tap out. Now, it's in those difficult periods that you emerge. The men of this era, we have two, and hey, I was born to a 15 year old mom. She didn't want to have a kid. She ended up being a great mom. She didn't want to have a kid. And you're never ready. And there's never enough money. I don't care if you're Hunter Biden cutting a new deal with the Chinese Communist Party. You're never never ready. And there's never enough money. All right, So just go ahead and accept that going in. Number one. But the men of this era as guys we have, we have two issues because of the failure of too many of the men in the previous era that should have been known as our dads. And it's their job to model this for us. And here's what it is. As Francis Schaefer once put it, our God is too small. And we have put upon ourselves the bigotry of low expectations. My first year coaching youth football, there was a young man on the team. And it's it's that age, too, where the bigger kid is supposed to be the best athlete at everything, right? He was the biggest kid. But it was clear that no one had challenged him. Like, you're more than this. You're better than this. So he was a big kid. Everybody assumed he was good at sports, but his fundamentals and everything, no one had had taught him. It's just way off. I made him my pet project. And I challenged him the entire time in ways he's never been challenged. I made him my pet project. And one of the reasons I did it, because my son played on the team, and I wanted him to watch me do this. He was the youngest kid on the team and the smallest at the time. We get to the end of the year. I'd been working with him, working with him, working with him. The other kids would roll their eyes and and mutter under their breath when I'd have him, the big kid play quarterback at practice because he wasn't any good. By the end of the year, I thought he was good enough that it was time now to throw him in the deep end of the pool. Time for him to man up. Time for him to accept the responsibility that his size is going to foist upon him when he walks into a room. Much will be expected of him. He better be ready to, to accept that. I put him in at quarterback. It was a struggle at first. By the end of the game, we won the game, and it was great. A week or two later, his mom came up to me beyond thankful at what I had done. It was just assumed he couldn't be more than this. It was just assumed he couldn't do any better. I talked about that Jordan Peterson special I watched earlier this year. The young men who are crying to this man because he's telling him, clean your damn room and get a job. Basically, the stuff that dad should have told him a long time ago. And no one had done that. And now they're realizing, you know what? Pornhub ain't the same as a girlfriend or a wife. What is the point of what am I doing here? I, I want significance. I have no idea how to achieve it. I have no idea how to acquire it. And so now I've got all these instincts and all these desires, but they're completely channeled in destructive ways. And I'm a menace to myself and everybody around me. Now they've got a fulcrum meaning and they're crying to Jordan Peterson. Like he's the apostle Paul. My friend, you are selling yourself short. You were meant to be so much more. The amount of fear, the amount of fear in that note. See, I don't think it's dripping with selfishness at all. Oh man, I think that thing is just oozing fear. I smell fear. I will fail. I can't do this. And if I fail, others will fail with me. But what if you succeed? What if you succeed? As men, we work too hard to cover our weaknesses from the world. Accentuate your strengths, you're doing it backwards. Don't cover your weaknesses. That shows weakness. Defensiveness. Accentuate your strengths. Flip the paradigm of your email around. So basically what you're telling me is, you've done a lot of successful practice runs with mentoring people. I know it's not the same thing as being a dad, but it's still a heck of a lot more experience than most guys have before they're a dad for the first time, mm-hmm. right? And what, what, you're, what, what I hear from you is, let's flip the paradigm around. You enjoy doing it, you're good at it. You've seen good results, good feedback. Okay. Take it to the game. Get in the game. No, you're never ready. Frankly, based on what you're telling me, you're about as ready as most men are the first time they're told, I'm pregnant. Get in the game. Step into the purpose and role you were given. Because those things you said you do, they're all laudable and notable. God bless you for every one of them. But I promise you, none of them will come close to being a dad. Don't fear failure. Fear missing out on success. Be afraid of the cost of not taking the chance. Not the cost of failing if you do. Otherwise, you're that dude with the mullet and the no-ragrets tattoo across his chest. Okay? Good note. Yeah. See, I told you I thought this was going to be a very very intriguing discussion we were going to have about this.
2: Yeah, I'm just... I was getting choked up here thinking about my own life and saying goodbye to my daughter any year. I don't I want you to have that gift. I want you to love her so much that it's going to break your heart. Yes,
1: to say goodbye. Very well said. Very well said. 3 non-political questions are next. All right, back here on the Steve Day Show. Um, I'm going to give you a little preview of the overtime here in just a second. But first, let me tell you about Sweat Block because we've all been there. There's never a good time to be sweaty in public, especially now, you know, with the cooler weather. Fall is here, winter just around the corner. You don't have any excuses now. If you're sweating on that first date, uh, if you're sweating uh, for that public speaking engagement uh, or that job interview— you can't say, oh, man, I was running late, ran in here, and it's so hot outside. Yeah, You're out of excuses this time of year. Uh, you won't need it, though, uh, if you if you check out Sweat Block. Uh, they're antiperspirant wipes. They're stronger, more effective than most clinical antiperspirants out there. Just use them to wipe your pits down before you go to bed. Go to, go to bed, get up the next morning, shower, do what you normally do to get ready. You should be good to go for several days before you have to do it again. And if you want to know, hey... Why don't they just sell a deodorant? They do. And it's a fantastic deodorant, by the way. I've used it myself. They've also got some really good deodorant lotions that kind of help you with some of those more sensitive regions that uh, can sometimes be a little difficult uh, to dehumidify. So if you want to give it a shot today, get 20% off when when you use My Last Name Dace as your promo code at sweatblock.com. Promo code Dace at sweatblock.com. So, I have a correction on something I need to make in the overtime. Now, our, our, our typical MO here on the show is when we have to correct something we had previously said or done is to do it like right off the top and address it, right? Mm-hmm. Why am I going to do this in the overtime today? I, I'm going to explain why. All right. And then I, wanna, I, I want you guys to tell me if, if the fact I chose this method of doing this is justified when I tell you why I chose to do this or not, okay? You have never been more cryptic about anything. Yeah, I feel, I feel like no we're being what's
3: going on. set up here just a yeah, little bit.
1: None. A, it's actually not even that big of a deal, okay? I'm, I, I was right about the question in Theology Thursday, right? Sure. This is not that big of a deal, okay? It's not. But there's a method to the madness here, okay? And it's because it's one of those examples where even when you're wrong— You're still right, and do the people who don't want you to be right, do they really want to call you out for being wrong on this? Because even by doing so, it would point out that you're right. You see what I'm saying? No, you don't. But you'll get it. Don't uh, get me wrong. I like the pageantry. I just okay. want to make it clear. I have no idea what's I've going on. I've been working on a little bit more on my theatrics and presentation okay. recently. Is that going well? Like it's going you know, well. Alec you're Baldwin like, practicing in a mirror, but the gun's not loaded, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, you like um, Razal Ghoul would be proud. All right. So um, if you are a Blaze TV subscriber, good news. You'll get your cryptic fulfillment later today. We will record the overtime for you right after the show and and then uh, it'll be uh, uploaded for you to then watch on demand later today at blaze tv.com slash dace if you're not yet a blaze tv subscriber though and you want to become one just because you want to know what in the sam hill i'm being so cryptic about uh blaze slash dace is where you can go to get a discounted subscription today to blaze tv all right let's get to three non-political questions
0: we all have questions that little clip of
3: Richard Dawkins in the three questions intro, just mm-hmm. on its own, completely out of context. What kind of morality or proto-morality would you expect from a chimpanzee troop? It's a great quote.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Question number one. What is the most, or what is the best rivalry in all of sports? College, professional, all levels. Most underrated, most overrated. So a three-part question.
1: All right. So, what's the best? Yep. And then, what's the most underrated, and what's the most overrated? Mm-hmm. Uh, Army Navy is the best. Was um, it
3: last year where it was that super low scoring? Yes. Muddy. But the game. previous
1: year? Yeah. No, it was two years ago in two the snow. Two years ago, yeah. And that that HD presentation and everything by CBS, I think they wanted Emmy for their production of that game. I mean, it was just, I mean, it was Shakespearean uh, to watch it. It was phenomenal. Army Navy's the best. Um, Michigan, Ohio state's the most overrated and it's not even close. I mean, you're you're going on a, uh, we're in the middle of a second decade that it is not a rivalry. Okay. I mean, at this point it's, it's, it's Michigan, Minnesota. All right. For the little brown jug from the early 20th century. So Michigan, Ohio state is way overrated, way too much attention on it. Um, I mean, Purdue has more wins over Ohio state this century than Michigan does. And the century's one fifth of the way through. Army Navy's the best, Michigan Ohio states the most overrated. And you know what man, I'm going to represent here locally. I if you like this show, then you should devote at least you got to at least pour one out for the Cyclones rivalry between Iowa and Iowa State. Because I would not be anywhere in my career without that rivalry, man. I milked that thing year round for a sports talk, for a very successful sports talk career here locally on three different radio stations that finally got me noticed by a major corporation and I built that entire show off of stoking, provoking and agitating that rivalry year round even in the middle of May when nothing was going on okay so I'm going to get say Iowa Iowa State most underrated now you can do other sports you know like Yankees Red Sox I, mean, I think that's the greatest rivalry or the Dodgers Giants but I'll say Iowa Iowa State's the most underrated Michigan Ohio State the most overrated and the greatest rivalry is Army Navy. That would be my answer. That's good. Uh,
2: most overrated. Um, this, um, this is not gospel, but it came into my head. And we're in the middle of college football, but because one team isn't holding upholding its end of the bargain, the Red River Shootout is like i mean texas doesn't even feel like
3: but, todd it's the red river rivalry, rivalry. see there yeah. you go
2: know, see i can't i didn't even get it right because i have i hold it in such contempt the coolest name that uh um, my family almost became a part of just to, i mean oklahoma oklahoma state whether it's great bedlam that's just that's fantastic you hear about how that name came about wrestling is big there yeah and back in the day and some dude came out of there or it was just in what's going on in there oh it's bedlam and that.
1: I did not know that that's where it came from. Yeah. That's a pretty cool story. I like it. Yeah. Love that's
2: that. good stuff. Uh that's uh most most underrated. Well, I, I think it's um I mean, I love the Army Navy answer. It's not as obvious. It's there's nostalgia there. I mean, I I think uh what the the what the oldest rivalry is is it Packers Bears or Packers Lions? Which which one? it? I think that? it's
1: Packers Bears. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah.
2: I I knew that Lions might be, but I'll. I'll But those are all
1: original franchises, so it could be any one of those. I think it's Packers Bears.
2: just everything about Packers, you know that that small town and being one of the oldest franchises and going back. And I loved already. the uniforms you all wore oh, last those Sunday. Are,
1: uh, those were freaking well, awesome.
2: Yet, those have been buried in a closet for two decades, while we play in the older puke navy blue yeah. brown helmets? Oh yeah, we could wear those. To all me, the I time. thought those
1: should just be our uniforms, oh. but put the G back on the yeah. helmet. Oh, that's so great. But make those your uniform. And, and when when Rogers busted out with the "I still own you" oh, no. against the Bears a couple weeks oh, ago, that's yes. fantastic stuff, man. That's good stuff.
2: And best rivalry, listen, remember, okay, I, I'm, I'm going to offend the ugly American, but, like, just pound for pound worldwide, it's probably like um, Manchester City versus Manchester United. I mean, even Steve knows that, like, the rowdy, the, the way those crowds yeah. love their soccer in the Premier League, I mean, it's, it's nuts.
3: I'd say the uh, best rivalry, it's got to be the Iron Bowl. Alabama Auburn every single year. There's always juice in mm-hmm. that game. Uh, the most underrated rivalry is the Egg Bowl, Mississippi versus Mississippi That's a good call. Uh, and, and the Iron versus... Bowl
1: is a good call for best rivalry yeah. too. Those uh, are both good ones. But yeah,
3: uh, yeah that one, the Intrastate intraconference. Uh, intra-conference, I think intra-division uh, rivalry of the Egg Bowl. Yeah, that's uh, that's a great one. Uh, that's underrated. Most overrated rivalry. I, I don't think I, I, I'm in college football uh mode right now but i i would say any rivalry in the nfl right now is there really a rivalry in the nfl right now where it's like oh these guys really hate each other
1: so raiders chiefs was a big thing for just, decades but maybe it, it's just it's because not much of one in your generation just, now maybe right?
3: it's well maybe it's just because recency vi- virus bias <laughs> virus on the money. <laughs> No, there's a recency virus going <laughs> yeah, around too brother maybe it's yes just recency bias on my part to, just because historically Ravens Steelers
1: five. is probably the closest thing we have to a nasty rivalry in the true. NFL. Maybe yeah,
3: that, no, that's true. And yeah, well, Ravens, they, Ravens, anybody in their division, except for the Bengals, probably. So yeah, Steelers and Browns. Um, so I, I would say most NFL rivalries are the most still, overrated. Do you
2: remember? I mean, when it was like Cowboys, Eagles, Jimmy Johnson yeah. against, um, buddy yeah. Ryan. Yeah. And, oh my goodness. That yeah, was I mean, hardcore. bounties on heads yes. and
1: everything else. Yep, I mean guys, if you want, you just got to put up with probably one too many F bombs. The one of the greatest Twitter accounts out there is Super 70 Sports. All right? Yeah. Just there's just an old school curmudgeon, okay? Yeah. And and the stuff that he puts out there about what it was what you know, the the way that the sport was played and gosh, we sound old now, but oh, that that great. that Twitter account is classic of of classic sports takes. Yeah. Get stuff. Yeah, there's too many you're
2: not allowed to be a character in a Fun way. I mean, that great story about uh, um, co- Catholics versus convicts. Yes. Where Lou yeah. Holtz tells his
1: team, right "Leave before Jimmy Johnson to, to me." me and There's a the fight leave. in the tunnel, no, no. And, and the police are called, <laughs> yeah. and they go back into the locker rooms. And Notre Dame players are thought, we disgrace the school. Yeah. We went thug you like Miami. Yeah. We're gonna get yelled at. And Lou Holtz comes in. He goes, "Men, I only have one thing to say after that it's spectacle." Leave Jimmy Johnson to me. <laughs> All right.
2: It's so yes. great. And he makes me look like Andre the Giant. I mean, Lou Holtz said that.
1: Yes. He, he literally fan- was a leprechaun. Yes. He's yes. Fantastic. He was. Still is. He's still with us. Yes. Yes.
3: yes. <laughs> uh, next one, a little bit more serious question. What's your Mount Rushmore of candy bars?
1: Oh, Reese's God. Peanut Butter Cup. This is a trash. That is See, not. I, 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 oh. a candy I didn't
2: even get bar. it out of my mouth. That's what he's, he wanted. Yes. <laughs> That's not what I wanted. I
3: wasn't even thinking about this. It's not a candy bar. Yes, it is. fight we had
2: for like a whole show? Is it in the
3: shape of a bar? Okay. No, it's in the shape of a cup. Okay.
1: Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Um, good old fashioned plain Hershey's would be there. 100 grand because it's a mixture of like two candy bars I really like. Milky Way and... Um, um oh, so I like it so much I can't even think of it. Blue wrapper with the rice krispies in it. What am I thinking of? I just had a total brain fart. But whatever that candy bar is, that you know the crunchy one with the oh, little Nestle rice really crisp. Nestle Crunch, yeah. Oh, okay. It's a mixture of Nestle Crunch and Milky Way. So hundred grand bars um are there. Um Milky, I'm sorry, uh plain old uh Hershey's chocolate, um Reese's peanut butter cups. And you can get this at the movie theaters. Chocolate chip cookie dough bites. Those would be my, that's my, those are my four right there. Those are not. Cookie dough is not. Candy bar. <laughs> okay.
2: nice. I will go, I also, uh, Reese's, I will go with caramello, I will go with whatchamacallit. And,
1: and, ooh, there's a. Yeah. There's a throwback. And I I'm like also, it. I
2: didn't know what you were talking about, but Nestle Crunch, is, like, I'm not a big sweet guy, but like the Blizzards, the Nestle Crunch is like the perfect foil for vanilla ice cream. The crunch in there, that's so, uh, yeah.
1: Good pull on the whatchamacallit. I like that.
3: Uh, my Mount Rushmore is uh, bacon cheeseburger, um, uh, Long Island iced tea.
1: Insufferable. <laughs> <laughs> Long Walks at the Beach.
3: Long, yes, thank you. Long Walks at the Beach. And, uh, and Fake Bulge. And the number two. Yeah, that's <laughs> my Mount Rushmore of candy bars. <laughs> uh, no, mine is uh, Butterfinger, Butterfinger, Snickers. Uh,
1: those just destroy my teeth, man.
3: The Snickers, Mr. Good Bar, uh, which is basically a Hershey's with peanuts in it. Mm-hmm. And then just like the Payday or any any um any nut roll basically that's that's my that's my mount rushmore
1: All right, before you do your final one let yes. me tell everybody about realestateagentsitrust.com. if you are getting into this real estate market during these very very unprecedented times Bing. indeed make sure you go in with an agent you can trust that you can trust to come in take charge of your situation but remember that ultimately it's about you and what you need, and so you're ultimately in charge, and then comes with a fully vetted track record of success as well. Now, where would you find such an agent? Well, thankfully, the name is pretty self-explanatory. kind of says it all. Head to this website, realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, realestateagentsitrust.com, just about anywhere you want to go to or get away from here in the U.S., we can probably find you a real estate agent that will do the job. Realestateagentsitrust.com, started by Glenn Beck and his associates. Again, check it out. Realestateagentsitrust.com.
3: Final question. Uh, what recent, within the last three months or upcoming in the next three months, movie or TV show are you most looking forward to coming out? And it can be streaming service for the TV show, of course.
2: Here in a week, Yellowstone Season 4 is coming out. Um, yeah, looking forward to
1: it. I've got to think. um, what do I even know that is coming out I'm trying to get caught up on last season of The Flash and man I gotta tell you it's bad and I mean I, I love that show but that but la- last season what I'm seeing so far is bad you know so could next season maybe be better um Hawkeye looks interesting to me uh on uh Disney Plus um what about The Book of Boba Fett? The Book of Boba Fett. I was just going to say that. Yeah, that that might be number one on my list, actually. That might be it. Spider-Man?
2: Mm-hmm. You have to tell me about it.
1: Spider-Man is coming out in December, right? Or November? Is it, I thought we were just doing TV shows. No, TV shows and movies. Oh, movies? Or movies. Oh, then it's Spider-Man Far From Home okay. is number one with a bullet for okay. me. Yeah. When, when is that again? December, yeah, right I, around Christmas. My yeah.
2: girls can't wait. They love...
1: The what, is, what is Tom Holland calling it? Spider-Man Endgame? They oh, basically yeah. just pulled yeah, that's what he's calling it. So they, we just pulled out all the stops, the amount of fan service in this. Hmm. He's saying we we pulled every stop out. It's, it's, it's a, you know, it's a wish list of like what they did with, with Endgame. It's yeah. a, it's a wish list of anything that a lifelong Spider-Man fan has ever wanted to see is what, is what they're billing it as. So that's, it's yeah, that's number one with a bullet for me. I think for
3: me, I'm looking forward to that one as well. Uh, I'm looking forward probably the most to the Book of Boba Fett because I loved the Mandalorian and anything in that vein. If it's from the same creators, you know, uh, unfortunately Gina Carano is not going to be uh, around in this one. But I, I think the Book of Boba Fett should be should be good.
1: That's it. All right, that's it. Um, again, I'm gonna I'm gonna make one of the more unique corrections I've ever had to make, and I'm gonna explain it to you in the overtime here. That we're going to record right now, as soon as we go off the air. We'll record it. It'll be uploaded later today at blaze slash Dace. Until then, back at it again tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, here on Blaze TV, John 317.
0: This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.